When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's show where we'll look back on Saturday's 2-0 win against promotion rivals Carlisle United. Joining me today are our podcast regulars Chris Errington, Baron Cross and Jack Ball. Hiya guys. Hi Stu. Morning. Morning. All of you at home park on Saturday, which mm, is a, a rarity. Um, Chris, we'll start with you first. That's just what Argyle needed, really, wasn't it? Just to get back to winning ways with a, a pretty comfortable win. Yeah, I mean, I said to uh, a lot of people before the game, I wasn't too concerned about uh, the performance. It was just about getting a win on Saturday. That was the, the crucial thing after the defeat by Notts County in midweek. Uh, but I thought not only did they get the win, but I thought they played pretty well. Um, got themselves 2-0 up at half-time. Very uh, timely penalty on the stroke of uh, the interval. And then the second half, I thought they were pretty much in control. Carlisle tried to go a bit direct. They put Jabbo Abiri up front, tried to put Argyle on the back foot, but I thought Argyle were composed, um, kept the ball pretty well, kept the shape, and um, yeah, good value for the victory. Uh, we've had loads and loads of questions and uh, comments coming in this week, so thank you very much for, for all of those that you've sent in. Stephen Mills has said, uh, what a difference the team, uh, what a difference. The team was won and played well. The Green Army are happy. Jack, are you, are you happy? Well, I remember saying after the Tuesday night game that I think Argyle needed to respond, and I thought they would respond. I don't think Derek Adams, after listening to what Barron and Chris have written after the game on last Tuesday, that Derek Adams was quite angry. I didn't think he would allow the players to play as poorly as they did against uh, in midweek. So, yeah, I think there was a much better atmosphere. The, the, the crowd came and were very much on Argyle's side. It wasn't like there was a, a, a carryover, if you like, from the game before. The crowd got behind Argyle, they, they did well, and they performed, I think, admirably. And Baron, so important as well to take points off Carlisle. Absolutely, uh, it, it certainly was just what Argyle needed. I think it, it was the perfect tonic to what had been quite a difficult week for everybody. And whilst we in the office try and remain objective and don't overreact to these things, um, I wrote an opinion piece on Saturday morning, and I, I personally felt that it just they really had to win that match, and it's so important they did just to, just to steady everybody's nerves, just to keep them, them tied tied over in terms of points ticking over. And to take them off Carlisle was you know, even more more impressive. Uh, I think other results went Argyle's way as well. Um, and it's League 2 certainly looks a lot better than it did before Saturday. Uh, we spoke last week, Jack, about uh, the role of David Fox. Obviously, he missed the game against uh, Notts County last week where, where Argyle perhaps didn't play so well. And you kind of identified him as being a key part of uh, probably the reason why Argyle maybe lost that game. Uh, Richard Sloman sent a question in asking if uh, David Fox is now perhaps the most important player in this Argyle side, ahead of Sonny Bradley and Graham Carey. Would you say that's fair? Without meaning to, to give a boring answer, I'd say that it, it doesn't matter how well one player plays, you have to, you know, the bulk of the team has to play well in order for them to succeed. But Fox was, I think, a key part of what happened on, um, on Saturday. For me, the, the most important thing he does, apart from picking out good passes, is he's always in that area after, if a ball flips into the box, he's normally just waiting outside. So if it comes back out, there's someone to get it back in or have a shot. 
that was really lacking um, the previous Tuesday. So to have him do that on uh, on Saturday was fantastic. But he's a very intelligent player. He's got a footballing brain, and you can tell that he's had the background that he's had. And Chris, I think he was your uh, star man, wasn't he, on on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, he, he played in the Premier League in the past, didn't he? And you, you don't do that by by fluke. Um, I think you know he's got lots of qualities. He's a calming presence, though, in the team. You know, in a game, in an important game like that, you need experience. You need a, a bit of calmness around you. You know, when the ball's flying around, you know, he'll take a touch. You know, sometimes people are, are quick just to hook the ball forward in, in just to get rid of it. Um, David Fox, even you know, when he's under a little pressure, will will try and take it down, try and be constructive, get the team. Uh, going forward and yeah I, I thought he had a really good game on Saturday particularly you know having seen the injury um, that he sustained against Luton I, I was surprised he only missed one match because it was a very very heavy tackle he was on the receiving end at Kenworth Road yeah and Beren I, I saw some of your tweets at the weekend and another player that caught your eye was Matty Kennedy yeah it's getting boring now isn't it <laughs> always he always catches his eyes <laughs> you could have that question every week there's going to be rumours Matty Kennedy <laughs> I even tweeted him on Saturday. I didn't get a response. I'm a little bit. Upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, Matty, Matty Kennedy is a very good player, and I've, I've said it several times now. Um, but interestingly, it was actually Chris Arrington that mentioned Matty Kennedy on Saturday at first. Uh, the work rate that, that the Scott was showing down the wing was really impressive. I've got to say, and I think we'd reserved. It didn't sound like I reserved judgment, but <laughs> I was trying to reserve judgment for a few weeks. And it looks now as if he's the sort of player who's actually preferred to roll his sleeves and get stuck in as well. He was he was hassling and harrying um, the Carlisle defence throughout the second half, really giving them no time on the ball to pick out passes to pick out Proctor or Ribiri. And he was going from right to left across the pitch, and he wasn't he wasn't stopping at all. He was going up and down the wing, putting in tackles, and he actually completed a few tackles as well and won the ball back on one or two occasions and actually instigated a counter attack. So yeah, I mean an all round performance from him. Um, so again it's still early days I think I suppose but um, he's certainly the signs are there that he could become a very very important player if he continues to display that kind of work I think yeah by the sounds of it with uh, Jack and Graham Carey you and Matty Kennedy there's plenty of bromances <laughs> going on at the moment one way I'd like to add we don't have much back <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, as I say we've had loads of questions sent in this week and some really really good ones that have led to some uh, sort of debates that we've already had on the office this morning so I'm uh, going to throw this out to the podcast as well one of them, um, Dave Sell and Bruce. We don't know what your surname is, Bruce. You just sent your question in as, as Bruce. Um, what do you think of the tactics of removing the ball boys 10 minutes from the end of a match? Uh, is it a stroke of genius or poor, poor sportsmanship from Derek Adams? Is this something you noticed, Chris, at the game on Saturday? Um, no, it isn't. But in my defence, you know, with 10 minutes to go, you're busy sort of <laughs> concentrating on getting your match report ready to go online and uh, it's, it's sort of focusing on that. Um, so people have mentioned it to me that it's happened although obviously we know from the Leighton Orient game that the ball boys were still on the uh, uh, involved in the action very late on don't we from the Liam, Liam Kelly incident so um, people have mentioned it to me I've not actually been aware of it myself um, you know I'm not mad keen on the idea of removing ball boys 10 minutes to go if, if, if you're winning but you know What's home advantage? You know, what do you try and do to get the the best benefit from playing at home? You know, I can think back to the days where, in, and I think some one club in particular might still do it, where you go as an away team to the to the away dressing room and the, the showers only got cold water and things like that. Is that right? You know, it is. Is does that all part of the sort of the sportsmanship and trying to get uh, under people's skin? So, 
you know, uh, I'm all, you know, when you're at home, make it home advantage. That's what I think. Yeah, Jack, you're in the terraces on Saturday. Was this something yeah, that caught it, your eye? It was it's when you're like Chris said, when you when you're not working, you're just watching, you know, purely the game. You don't have to worry about anything else. You can't help but notice all the ball boys running off. And I remember thinking back to the Lathan game, thinking this isn't a thing they do regularly. But one thing I remember seeing, I don't know if it still happens in the Premier League, is that quite often the ball boys would have a ball by them. So the ball went out of play, they would throw next one you know, back into play straight away. Mm. And then with the last time I said, they used to put those balls away. So if the ball went out, they could take as long as they wanted. So I think it's been a thing that's been around for a long time. I think Argo have to do what they can to try and win. And I don't think as long as you're not breaking any rules, then it's fair game. Fair game for you, Baron? I think as long as they don't complain when it's happening to them away from yeah. home, then yes. fair enough. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it at home mm. and you don't mind it happening to you when you're away, then fair play. Like Jack says, as long as no rules are being broken, then mm. crack on. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it just makes the players rush a bit because they, they sometimes don't seem bothered, so, yeah. so they just have to get the ball themselves. Yeah. Obviously, the, I guess the big thing about Saturday was the fact that Argyle <coughs> took points off one of their promotion rivals. A lot's been made recently of Argyle's form against the sort of top sides and how they've struggled against the sides down at the bottom. Uh, Tom Harris has sent a question in saying, judging by Argyle's results against lower sides lately, do Argyle have the wrong mentality going into those games? Chris? Or all those teams fighting for their lives to stay in the Football League and they've got that extra motivation. You can you can look at it two ways. I mean, Argyle have, have had good results against the top sides. I can think of uh, Morecambe and Yeovil away where you know, you'd have expected them to win and they've lost. Uh, Luton, um, Leighton Orient and Notts County recently I mean I think we were all at the, the Leighton Orient game I think Leighton Orient one of the best teams we've seen this yeah. season uh, and I don't think that was down to Argyle's mentality I think you know and Gavin Mass- Massey that night they had a player who was absolutely on fire um, yeah it's, it's easy to talk about mentality and things like that I'd, I'd be surprised um, if it was a mentality thing I just think that Leighton Orient played well on the night Notts County they, they, they had a shocker you know, there's no two ways about it. Um, was that down to mentality, or was that just what happens sometimes in in football and in fourth division football that you know a team has a collective off night and and sometimes it it happens. I saw Tony Pulis was talking about it on Saturday at West Brom and, and Palace game, and West Brom had done brilliantly at home this season. They lost to Palace, and he came out and said, "Look, we just had an off day. I'm not going to go at the players, but we just had mm-hmm. one one of those days." And it, it does happen. Um, I don't know, Baron and Jack, what do you, what do you think? I'm, I'm not sure Argyle have had the wrong well, mentality going to Just before games. we go to you guys, one thing I have noticed with League 2 this year is that you have tended to see the sort of footballing teams up at the top end of the table, you know. Hmm. The, the sort of strugglers are, are the ones that tend to be the more long ball, like your Newports, I guess. Oh, oh the one thing I was going to say is, you know, I, I think picking up points against your promotion rivals is the most important thing in, in, in the league because if Argyle picked up more points against their promotion rivals last season, they may have got automatic promotion. There's a lot of six-pointers... Um, some people say that you've got to win the games against the bottom teams, but there's, there's so much importance in trying to take points off the teams above you because if Argyle lost on Saturday, the table will look a lot more different now. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it's um, the wrong mentality. I mean, when, when you it's difficult to quantify, isn't yeah. it? How, how, how can you actually how can I mean, you prove that? I think with the Orient game as well, was that it came off the back of the Exeter game mm. where obviously confidence was high. I'd say the, the, the Orient one to me stands out as, as more than the fact, like Chris says, Gavin Massey was in fantastic form. The whole of the Leighton side played pretty well. Argyle, I don't think, were terrible in that match. I mean, they were two and up in the 18th minute, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, they were on course yeah, so, three points. It was, yeah. it was rusty, by no means as good as they played against Exeter. But I don't think their heads weren't in it. Notts County, I think everybody, everything went wrong against Notts County. But... I really do find it hard to believe that professional footballers would go out onto a pitch and not have that 
feeling of wanting to win the match and not feeling that they've got to fight for every single ball. They've got to get to the second ball. They've got to beat their man on the run. They've got to make tackles. I refuse to believe they go out there thinking it's going to be easy. I don't think Derek Adams would allow them to do that. So I, I, I wouldn't say it is mentality. No, I mean, I, I don't get the impression there's complacency in this team. I mean, this doesn't strike me as a side made up of players who have won a lot in their careers and would come into this season thinking that football's easy and they're used to winning. I think they're all out there battling for it, for everything they get. And uh, another thing that's been noted as well is the state of the Argyle pitch this year. Obviously, we were up at Home Park last week, yeah. Chris, and even at this late stage of the season, it still looks like a carpet, doesn't it? And Michael Wonderley's asking how important is the good quality of the pitch to Argyle's success so far this season? Yeah, we re- recorded the podcast with Martin Starnes, didn't we, in, yeah. the, in the Tribute Lounge, and we had a good a good view of it, didn't we? And um, yeah, it's it's in it's in excellent condition, much much improved compared to last year. And yeah, you know when you've got players like. Carey, Kennedy, Sarsovic, Jervis, Tanner, on and on and on you go. You know that they're going to benefit from playing on a on a good surface. So yeah, I do I, I do think that does help definitely. I saw the highlights from the Newport game at the weekend, and their pitch is absolutely. Mm. I mean, it was, awful, it was well. awful in December, but I mean, it just looks like a, almost like a beach, a muddy beach. And oh, I know Leighton Orient won four 0 but you've got to feel sorry for Newport to have to play on that every home game. And the pitch is vitally important, I think. Yeah. They have to make that advantage, don't they, Newport? Yeah. That's, that's the end of the way they're going to stay because if they've got to really learn how to play well on that pitch, whether they've got the players or not to do that, we don't know. Um, I think I think the pitch does help, but somebody made uh, got in touch with us last week and made the point that actually Argyle at this stage of the season last year were actually better off in terms of points, and that was on a pretty terrible pitch through January and February. So, I mean, how much of a difference does it make? I mean, Argyle were technically doing better this time last season on a, on a poorer pitch. Indeed. Uh, moving on, then, guys. Um, Blackpool tomorrow night. Jack, um, you know a little about their a little bit about their situation. Obviously, it's uh, pretty dire times up at Blackpool. And just for you listeners out there, it's worth looking out for a, a very insightful piece that we've had from Dan Whelan, which is going to be going online tomorrow. And I think it's going in the paper as well, isn't it? So, yeah, it'll uh, be in tomorrow's paper. Yeah, that's going in uh, Tuesday's edition of the Herald. Just tell us a little bit from what you know about Blackpool's situation. Well, I just think Argyle fans know what it's like to fall from grace almost, not as far as Blackpool fall. And obviously, you know, Argyle fans, I think, same with late tonight, when you see any club that falls because of some mistakes in the ownership, you can sort of have empathy with their fans. And Blackpool have fallen from the Premier League six years ago, they were playing Manchester United. And now they're playing at Argyle in League Two. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big drop. And Chris, well, Chris and yourself, you've both been to Blackpool you know, this season. You know what it's like for, for the for their home games there's not many fans there the bit tomorrow that's going to be in the paper talks about the fall of Blackpool um, and there's an interview with um, Christine Seddon who's a deputy chair of the Blackpool Supporters Trust it's very insightful it's a very good piece and I recommend that anyone that just has an interest in football read it um, and I think that as a fan you you, you know you, you must have a lot of sympathy for the fans that are not going to their home games you know how, how long the summer seems when there's no games to go to I know a lot of them go to some away games but you've got to really have problems with your ownership to stay away for that long and fair play to the ones that can do it because it must be very difficult. Yeah, and Chris, as, as Jack said, both you and I have been up to Blackpool this year and it's, it's so strange, isn't it? Because the ground is so empty. But even the programme, you go through the programme and there's no one sponsoring the club or anything. It's just so kind of soulless at the moment. It, it was quite a surreal experience. We had um, the press boxes, sometimes fairly cramped in League 2, but we had a whole stand by ourselves <laughs> up at Bloomfield Road, so we could have uh, spread ourselves out quite comfortably. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's sad to see. I mean, they redeveloped the ground and they not so long ago they were selling it out for Premier League games. And uh, I think the crowds were around, I think it was about 3,500 against Morecambe on Saturday. And Morecambe had a fair few away fans because that's... Uh, 
a relative local derby up there and um, yeah it's it's tough tough times and you know the fans have um, made their stand and you know you have to admire them for, for doing what they've done yeah as, as we say though Blackpool for Argyle tomorrow night and there's a lot been said as well about Argyle's recent home form on Tuesday nights which uh, perhaps isn't the best um, there has been some comment about the kits and how Argyle's dark green kit is uh, part of the problem really and in that it sort of blends in with the background. And we've had a couple of questions from uh, Paul Squire and David Turner, both asking whether there's any sort of truth in this this kit situation. So, um, Baron, we'll start with you first. What, what do you make of this? Well, I want to thank Paul Squire for getting in touch, coming in from uh, Chengdu in China. <laughs> yeah. says, which, uh, We're going global, aren't we? Very, very good of him to get in touch. Uh, I think when it comes down to it, you, see, you can see both sides of the argument, but I think it's a poor excuse. I think if it was a problem, it had been noted by now by Derek Adams and the players. The players would surely have been raising it with Adams several weeks ago when they've had previous Tuesday night games. So I think if it had been a problem, it would have been raised. Derek may well have mentioned it in, in um, his press conferences because I don't think the opposition are going are to gain any advantage from knowing that Argyle are struggling in that light. If they're struggling, they're struggling. If they're not, they're not. Uh, and I think something would have been done about it. So I think it's a poor excuse. Jack, poor excuse to you or, or is there some truth in it? Argyle have always had you know, a sort of dark green kit haven't they There's, uh, you, we were having this debate before the podcast and you were talking about in the winter when you know it's, it's, it's dark mm. on a Saturday and no one was mentioning it then I think people tend to look for excuses when you go through a rough patch and you know, if Argyle haven't won on a Tuesday night for, for two years or whatever it is then you can see why some people want to come up with it but yeah I, I agree with Baron if, if I'm sure Derek Adams we know how, how methodical he can be we've seen him walk a touchline looking at the length of grass I'm sure that if there was a problem with the kit, he would have raised mm. it by now. He's not the type of man to, to let that go. You know, he moaned about the Wiccan players that were wearing the yeah. packs around their, mm. their chest or, or stomach or whatever it was. And so, so we know that he would have picked it up by yeah. now. Poor excuse for you as well, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think back to when um, Argyle won the, the league title in 0-1-0-2 and they played in a very, the same dark green, green shirts and they had good home form that season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not convinced. I mean... You, you could make the argument that if, if the Argyle players are struggling to see each other, well, surely the opposition would be the same and, and they wouldn't be picking up Ryan Taylor when he's making a run in behind them and uh, and he'd score a goal. So, I mean, you look at, you know, the last two Tuesday games, for example, um, the Leighton Orient game, you know, they didn't lose that because of their, their they were wearing green shirts. They were 2-1 up with two minutes to go and they somehow contrived to, to throw away the lead. They didn't lose to Notts County last week because of the green shirts. It was because of a really poor goal that they conceded in involving two or three of the team. So, yeah, I think Jack's right. You know, when, when things aren't going quite well, it's a natural instinct to, well, what's going wrong? What's not, mm. not working? And, and again, I'd agree with Jack, you know, Derek Adams. Um, I will ask Derek Adams about it. It'd be interesting yeah, to see what he's got to say. Definitely ask him. Um, so keep your eyes peeled and we'll see what he, what he has to say. But his attention to detail never ceases to surprise me. And... I'm sure if if there was any thought, if the players had said anything to him about, well, I I, I couldn't see him and this that and the other because of the shirts. I'm sure something would have uh, been done about it. But it's good. It's a good talking point, and, uh, yeah, and well, yeah, we'll see what Derek Adams has to well, say. I was going to say, do you think there is any truth in it at all? Because I mean, you well, know, you and I have spoken mm, to photographers before, mm, and they've all complained about the lighting. Down I don't think the light. No, ground. I don't think the lighting was the greatest. I mean, we sat right at the back of the uh, of the main grandstand in the press box, and I wouldn't say it's one of the brightest sort of floodlit pictures I've ever seen so uh, it, it isn't the brightest but you know when you go some places on a, on a it's quarter to five on a Saturday in, in Lancashire and Yorkshire it's pretty murky even with the floodlights on then so 
Yeah, maybe may ever so slightly, but like I say, if it was a problem for the Argyle players, surely it'd be a problem for the opposition as well. And also, yeah. life, life for photography is very different to real, you know, light perception. So I, I don't know whether those two, those two are, it's, are quite. It's a, it's a good it point. Is, it's there a good are. Point. I mean, we do have some images in our system mm. of work, and we're going to put some of those on the piece to go mm. to go with the podcast, yeah. which just kind of illustrate yeah. that what perhaps Derek Adams mm. is is alluding to. Yeah, it would be interesting though, because I mean. Think about Paul Sturrock when he came in and the influence he had on Argyle in changing the away kit and having yes. the, the orange away kit. It'd be interesting now to see if Derek Adams wants a change in the shade of green pants. Yeah, rather. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Moving on then. Um, big game tomorrow night. Um, Dave Smith's asking, do you think six wins from the remaining 12 games will be enough to get promotion? Jack, I'll put that on to you. That's well, 18 we'll, points. We did, we did the web chat on, on uh, Friday, it was, and I think we got a similar question. Chris, you were actually the one to answer that. I've not done the maths. Well, 60, they're on 65 points. Six wins would give them 81. Ordinarily, I wouldn't mind an extra point or two on top of that. But, you know, you look at the way teams are, are going. You know, Portsmouth were on a good run, and then surprisingly lost at home to Crew, which again proves the unpredictability That's of League 2. Yes, again. So, 81 with, with maybe a draw thrown in. But also, let's not forget, Argyle have got to play some of their closest rivals. So, you know, mm. six point, six games may well six be enough. You have to wait and see. And the wins are against. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the top teams still have each other to play. So, yeah. that's obviously, the results in those games are going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's going to be pretty close. Yeah. Six Sarah? wins enough for you, Baron? Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind an extra point. I, I, I think I think the draws in there as well. If I, if I was forced to, to, to go either way, then I would say, yes, I think it will be enough. But hmm. I, to be sure of it, you, you're going to be looking at seven or eight wins, I think. There is normally one team from the playoffs that go on a spectacular run towards the end of the season, and that you don't want to be the team in third place. I think Carlisle would be very much I looking over their shoulders. Yeah. Do, do you think Stevenage will keep going? I think well, Steve, Stevenage are one of the teams. There's always there's always one team, though, isn't there? I think Wickham last season dropped out. Accrington dropped out of the top three. Sorry, Wickham two years ago. I think Accrington last year dropped out of the top three. There's always one. And if I was a Carlisle fan, I'd be very nervous now. because Yeah, Carlisle are the ones that are really going the wrong way, aren't they? Uh, for me, it's going to be Luton. There's just, you know, I think you made a really good point there, Beryl, about Stevenage and running out of steam. It's the same with Exeter. They've had these fantastic runs just to get into that situation. Yes. Now they have to keep it going. Whereas Luton, I think, are just yeah. they've not really had that real good, good big, run. Big, solid win on Saturday. Like yeah. That could yeah. really give them a nice little platform. Yeah. They've been around there, haven't they, for most of the exactly, season that yeah. place. So. Hilton's on fire as well. Yeah. Just scoring every week at the moment. Yeah, I think Nathan Jones actually came out and said he looks like a championship Did striker. He? So, it's, I mean, his confidence must be mm. sky high right now. Uh, Martin Jones has also made a really good point. He's saying that after tomorrow night's game, there'll be 11 games left, of which only four are at home and seven away. Is this an advantage, you knowing the way Argyle play? Well, Chris, you go to uh-huh. every home and away game. Do you think more away games suits Argyle? Um, I don't know if it's an advantage, but there's no reason for Argyle to go into any of those away games worried about it. They've got 10 away wins uh, this season. Uh, if I remember right, the I think 12 is the club record, so they're only a couple away from... Uh, from equally in that, so um, yeah, they've, they've got some tough away games. You know, Doncaster, Portsmouth, Mansfield coming up this Saturday are uh, a team that's uh, in and around the playoff hunt. Colchester have uh, have been doing well of, uh, as well lately, but you know, Argyle have, have gone away from home. They've got some great results, so I don't think that will bother them that they've got only four of the last eleven to uh, to play at home. Yeah, Jack, from a fan's point of view, I guess you wish it was the other way around, don't you? <sighs> Sometimes it can be good when when it's on the road. Sometimes it can it can be good not to, to put yourself through that sort of torture. I think, but um, years you know over the last few years before Derek Adams, we were under a few years of struggle. So it's nice that we're, we're wearing at the other end of the table. Don't get me wrong, but as, you know, I think Adams' record as manager 
away as being astounding. So I think they're going to be up for any game. There's not, you know, these players have got a chance to get a, a promotion-winning medal as part of their collective. So I'm sure that'll be motivation enough for that game, whether it's home or away. Yeah, and finally, Baron, from you? Uh, you could look at it either way. I think all the matches are going to be hard, whether they're home or away. There's... Looking at the stats, I, I, don't, I don't think there is really a massive advantage in, in playing away. So, I mean, no, I wouldn't say there is an advantage. <laughs> well, they've got 20 wins this season in the league, and 10 of them are at home, 10 of them are away. So, you know, that, that tells you that there's, there's probably not a, a great deal of difference. Um, yeah, it's great to have the home advantage, because then you can take the ball boys away with 10 minutes to go <laughs> yeah. if you want. But, you know, Argyle have, have had enough good results away from home over the last two seasons that, you know, they should go into every away game confident they can get a good result. Indeed. OK, guys, so thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. That's it for this, this week. And uh, many thanks to you out there for all of your questions. We've unfortunately not been able to answer them all, but uh, don't let that deter you from sending any Stu, in. Stu, can I just say one last thing before we go? Yep, go on then. Everyone remember, the Blackpool game kicks off at 7.30. Oh, yes, yeah. 7.30, not 7.45, so don't want any of you guys turning up at, uh, you know, 20 to 8 or something like that. You've missed the first Rolling 10 minutes. Brick, so and, and, and also we'll have the web chat on Friday, so people yes. keep sending in questions for that. We're going to have a web chat, I think, every Friday, so people can submit questions like they did for today. That'd be great. Indeed. All right, guys, thanks very much, and thank you to you out there for listening. That's it. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.